Norman. Jimbo. What's happening? Hey, Memorial Day weekend. How you yeah, doing? Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, man. So you had a virtual happy hour? No, no, we had a we had a real happy hour. Oh, nice. Yeah. Was that yesterday or today? That was yesterday. Oh, nice. Where was that? Uh, you, you met Brian before, Big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at his house. He lives right near Plymouth Meeting. Nice, nice. So, and his wife invited us over, and uh, Eddie and uh, his wife came over, and we social distanced and had beers. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all you need to do is social distance, you know? I haven't seen those guys in a long time, so it was nice. You know, I had, about, I had some beers, and it was good. It was good to see everybody. All right, so uh, let's get it started. This is episode five, Riding Shotgun with Norm and Jim. You ready? Crack it. Oh, forgot. I'm ready. There it is. There you go. Now we're ready. All right, there we go. Um, This probably be uh, at least a three beer episode. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, this is the first time uh, since episode one where we don't have a guest. Scotty was going to join us. Um, I just never connected. He said he would be interested, and I, I, uh, I just never circled back with him between yeah. uh, both of our schedules, both of our happy hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. So, um, all right, man. Hey, uh, I'm sitting here watching the match. Have you watched any of this? The Tiger Woods, uh, no. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Brady, Peyton Manning. Seen any of it? No. Are you watching any of this? No, I'm actually watching The Godfather. It's a Godfather day today. Come on. I'm all about Oh, come Godfather. on. That's awesome. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. I'm flipping back and forth between that and, and uh, you know, they're showing every Super Bowl, so they're, like, in a row. So You know, one watching. and two could be two of my favorite movies all time. They should have never oh. made the third one. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, they always say, you know you like a movie when you can tune it in at any point of the movie, stop and watch it right from there, and that is two movies that – I can just stop at any point and start quoting the movie and go into the mattresses, leave the gun, grab the cannolis. That's awesome. Point. Yeah, I love that. So this, uh, they're calling it the match. It's like uh, Tiger yeah. and and uh, Manning versus uh, Brady and Mickelson. So, and Char- a- say it again. What's that? Do they have the mic'd up? They do. Oh. And it's awesome. And they're live, so the announcers can talk to them at any point. Oh, and great. so uh, Brady's been struggling, right? right? So Charles just gets on and just gives him flack. This was like about 10 minutes ago. And uh, Charles is like, hey, hey, Tom, I'm ready to challenge you anytime, anywhere, right? Whatever. And he's like in the middle of the fairway. He hits a shot. It was like his third, fourth shot right on this hole. And he's about 150 yards out. And he's like, all right, be careful, Ch- Tiger. All right, be careful, Charles. I've won a few uh, Super Bowls there. I'm more concentrating on football now. Well, when I have to concentrate on my golf game, you be ready. And he hits his shot from 150 yards out, spins back, goes right in the hole. <laughs> now, he said, Charles, is it Charles Barkley? Mm-hmm. Barkley's announcing? Yeah, it's hilarious, dude. Oh, my. I'm going to have to tune it in just for that. It's on TBS or TNT, one of those, you know. Yeah, it's – yeah, Charles is awesome, man. 
Nice. Hey, so, um, you know, this is kind of like a non-mainstream sport, right? I mean, it's golf, which is... Yeah. What non-mainstream sport to watch? So you're not your, you know, your foot, pro football, pro baseball, hockey, basketball, you know, stuff like that. What is your favorite non-mainstream sport to watch? Uh, probably, uh, in, yeah, I guess this is non-mainstream, but the seven-on-seven rugby. Oof, it's the sevens. Oh, that's awesome. On, I, I, mean, I remember a couple years ago, me and my brother were watching it. Uh, I forget where we were. We turned it on, and it was like college round robin. Like Penn State was in it, there was a couple other schools in it. And, oh, it was awesome. It was really good. On the wall. You know, they, they had that in Philly. Mm-hmm. That soccer stadium, I think, just outside of Westchester is where it is. I think is where they had it. Yeah, it's down at Chester, down on the waterfront. I've gone to a few games there. Yeah, Fo- uh, soccer games. But yeah. it's great, man. You, that's where the Philadelphia Union play. It's an awesome little stadium. A lot of fun. Been yet? Oh my God! It it's such a great atmosphere. The fans there are like die hard. They're amazing fans. The the Union fans. So my favorite non. Uh, mainstream sport and this is kind of an odd thing to say it's not mainstream because it's really not to me but it's uh college women's college softball oh, no. <laughs> and i'll tell you why okay they are so fundamentally sound everything they do is like they're in the right place the right you know they do everything it's like it's just the way you want to coach players and it's like watching them play is just awesome to me. I mean, each one of those girls know how to bunt. You know, they'll get. Yep. The pitchers, man, they're like right on top of the plate. So, I mean, if you kind of make a comparison, you know, they're probably throwing in the 90s because of the how close they are to the batter. Yeah, I don't know where you are. You're breaking up a little bit. You keep going in oh. and out. Yeah. Can you hear me now? I got you. Got you. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, they are fundamentally sound. Every one of the batters can bunt for hits. You know, they all field very well. The pitcher's on top of the plate. So, that, you know, in, you know, in comparison, they are throwing in the 90s, if you really think about it. They're so close. Oh, my God, yeah. Yep. They bring it. Yeah, it, that is kind of fun to watch. They are very fundamentally sound. And, you know, it, they, they always seem to have a lot of comebacks in the last inning, which is awesome. Yep. And they're, they're just so into the game. I don't know why. Anytime it's on, I just, you know, even during this – non-live sports when you're yeah. you know sec channel or whatever and they're replaying it i'm like i'm hooked i'm in i'm watching yeah nice yeah i, I got uh, one of the other non non uh, mainstream this goes back to when uh espn first came on and they always they would have all these goofy sports on but australian rules soccer and the only reason i like it is because not so much of the soccer but the referees they're waving flags they're doing all sorts of shit <laughs> doing but it was hilarious to watch that's funny yeah direct directing planes <laughs> <laughs> i uh today today i was like i turned on the tv on espn and they had on uh the american cornhole league <laughs> oh, yeah. and it was like the championships or whatever and i'm like man these guys are so good like i i think i'm okay cornhole player these guys yeah. can like they place their bags to block and then they know how to push their two bags in at one time. It's like they're incredible, man. 
Oh yeah, there. It reminds me of the days when they used to have darts on. I used to think I was pretty good at darts, and you see these dudes. Oh and yeah. They are. So, the um, the thing was, this was actually a live sport today. Watching the uh, cornhole, they had masks on in the whole nine yards, and they had they had um a person at each end. I guess Johnsonville was sponsoring it, the the sausage place. <laughs> And at each end with gloves on and what they were, they these guys were not allowed to pull the bags off the board or from under. They uh-huh. had people that did that and placed their bags in place for them after every round. It's kind of, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. All right, so, well, I mean, at least it's live. Yeah. I did see, I was kind of flipping around the other day and it, it was going on, I think Thursday, Friday night as well. Yeah. It was a pretty big tournament. And it was funny because I'm watching and they're, they're announcing in July, we're going to be at the, Valley Forge Casino for the whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't think that's going to happen. Although we've moved to the yellow, right? Uh, we're in the yellow next week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is good. I think June 4th. Right. Gonna go to, yeah, which is tremendous. Yeah, I mean, kind of we'll be allowed to do the things we're kind of already doing. Like the last time we did the podcast, I had two guys so you're in my backyard. But we were distant, you know. We were all oh, yeah. sitting six feet apart. <laughs> Yeah. Six feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Our overrated, underrated section. You ready? What's this? Uh, what do we got? 80s bands or artists from the 80s. So, it's going to take you a little bit. Um, so, both underrated. So, I'll, as usual, I'll go first while you sit there and think about it. But, overrated is. Um, yeah. My overrated are like those weird freaking bands from the eighties that those college kids liked that I thought absolutely sucked. Those fucking e- those emo bands like the Smiths, uh, you know, Sonic Youth, the Pixies, like all those weird emo bands that. Oh man, that's have you heard the new ones from the Smiths? Uh, no, because they fucking blow. <laughs> I've never even heard of those dudes, but they must blow. <laughs> exactly, right? It was just that weird, uh, you know, wasn't, it was alternative alternative. It wasn't even good. It was like, I don't know. I just never liked any of their music and just drain you out. And then, uh, and actually another one that this one, would, my, I always got to throw one controversial one out there. Um, he had a couple of good songs in the 80s, but I think he was totally overrated with David Bowie. I thought he was fucking weird, too. <laughs> well, he was near the end, you know. Yeah, and his, his days were the seventies with Diggy, uh, Ziggy Stardust, and yeah, all right. So, okay, and then I, uh, uh, I actually go ahead. Actually, go ahead. I was going to say my uh, overrated, uh, and the only reason it's overrated, and it wasn't they weren't bad songs. I got two of them. Is when whenever I see stump, something on the '80s, they always play these two songs. Or if I'm on uh, uh, driving into work and they play '80s tunes, they I swear to God they always start with these two songs, and it drives me crazy because the young guys think that that's what the '80s music was. And there's two of my I want to talk about. The first one is Adam Ant and you know Goody Two Shoes. <laughs> it wasn't a bad song. It was fun for a month or two, but Jesus Christ, that wasn't. Don't drink, whole... don't smoke. What do you do? Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't a bad song, but everybody thinks, wow, that was the 80s. You guys dressed like that and bopped around. No, oh. we didn't. And M- the other MTV. <laughs> the other one I have is, and I almost regret it because I love the video 
of the way this girl was dressed was uh, Hey Mickey and that uh, Tony, oh, Tony Basil. Basil. Oh my God. It's so hot. And do you know that she was like 40 when she made that video? She's, she's old. No, she I did not like, know that. She was close to 40. She was around in the 60s and 70s. I had to look that up. And she no was, shit. She was smoking hot, but I mean, the Hey Mickey, it's like every, they always start off with, okay, here's the 80s and Hey Mickey. That wasn't the 80s. That was like a good song for, like, again, a month or two, and it was kind of cool, but unbelievable. That's Those are two really good ones. Yeah. And then as far as like the underrated one, another one that you, when I say it, it's kind of hard to believe, but Queen. Queen was great in the 70s, but they had good tunes in the early 80s as well. Oh, yeah. And then they stole Live Aid. They stole the show. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, I actually I mean, have their whole set from Live Aid live. I, I've got that. I got that, and I've got U2 from Live Aid, which was amazing, too. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they were kind of like on their downswing. I mean, their big time was in the 70s. Oh, they, yeah. They out in the early 80s doing, you know. Who was that one song? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? No, 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 from the early 80s. Um Oh, under pressure. They did that with David Bowie too. <laughs> that, oh, I can't think of it right. Don't now. It stop. Was, um, Jesus, they had a. Uh, what was the one? Flash Gordon. Uh, oh my God, they had Flash Gordon album. Oh, under I pressure can't... was the one that they did with David Bowie, which then uh, what's his name did uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> that was under oh, pressure. Yeah. They sampled yeah. that. It still had some songs. It's slipping in there, you know. It was really cool. But... So it's tough to say that these bands that I think were underrated are actually underrated, but they weren't your your big time bands like In Excess, right? Yeah. I, I loved In Excess, The Clash, because they were kind of underground, right? But they were yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you and I wouldn't think, you know, this band was underrated but uh, run dmc i mean run dmc was just like paved the way man i love run dmc they were they were killing it there in the mid 80s oh yeah man yeah um bob seeger and then i got one that was both underrated and overrated is rush you know how much i loved rush right they were they were underrated early 80s and then overrated after that well, they, they had those big hit songs in the early 80s, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, today, and then, then they kind of took off. And then, you know, anything that came in after that, everybody just kind of loved. So, yeah, I can see being underrated and overrated in the same decade. Yeah. So there we go. And that's on that one. That was, yeah. that's, that's all I got on the overrated, underrated. That's a vent on those uh, two couple of them, you know? Yeah. I thought, I really thought when you were talking about, The one was coming to mind that I thought for sure you were going to say, Come on, Eileen. <laughs> what was it? Come on, Eileen. Oh, no. Well, here's <laughs> a, I got one underrated for you, and, and you'll remember this song right off the get-go. Uh, Ellen Champagne King. Oh, yeah. Come, that's like the song that's been forgotten. Yeah, that was I a good it. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had that first. Didn't she do Shame? Or what was it? Not shame. Uh, yeah, shame. She had to say. And then, um, ah, shoot. She had another song. Oh, well. But yeah, Love Come Down was a great one. 
Yeah, that's some I good love. music in the 80s, man. Some just... A lot of it has been forgotten, and, and that's why it kind of ticks me off when people think there's only a couple tunes that everybody's listening to. There was a lot of good stuff. The 80s were great. It was just so innocent and fun and just no pressure, no social media like today. It was That was oh, the, you know, the, the 90s hit. They hit the grunge, grunge music. Everybody was angry, walking around in flannel, and it was like, I guess the 80s are over, you know? And even even Brat was, like, funny, and it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was, remember that song? Oh, your mama. Yeah, was, right. It was yeah. fun. Exactly. It was fun. It was funny. It was, you know, then all of a sudden it became a political statement. Then it wasn't so fun anymore. Nope. No. Nope. So did you watch the last two episodes of Bull's Last Dance? Yes, I did. Yeah, so did I. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. You know, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, I saw all those games, but, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, Jordan pressing his teammates. And I heard a couple guys saying, man, he was a real dick. But you know what? I, I wish I played with someone like that who's going to push you and push you. And his ultimate goal was just to win it all. His ultimate goal wasn't to be the greatest ball player. He wanted to win it. So I think we played with a few people like that, right? That not to that level. You know what I mean? Like we, we, had things where we always tried to find a way to motivate each other, you know, yeah. and and the the fact that he would pick on find the littlest thing, Carl Malone gets the MVP. That's it. I should have been the MVP. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He can have that trophy. I'm taking home the championship trophy. And it's yeah. like, uh, who was the guy guarding him uh, in that series? Um, Utah. Oh, that Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And he took offense to that. And it's It was just like, it just cracked me up, pal. He just would look for anything to motivate him. Um, well, how about the story where some young rookie scored 36 and he made something up? And the, he said, walking out of the gym, the guy said, hey, nice game, Mike. And he's like, what? And the very next night, they played him again in a home-and-home. And he said, I'm going to score what he scored in the whole game. I'll do it in the first half. And he did it was amazing. That was such a great story. And it's like, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> he just made that shit up. Oh, my yeah. God. It, it, that was awesome. That was against the Bullets, whoever that rookie was. <laughs> played oh, for yeah. the Bullets. Yeah, he just, you know. And it was a home and home. <laughs> yeah, it was a home. But he just found different things to, 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 to really, you know, get him going. Get, get his blood pressure going. And then he would, and he would always perform. He always came through. If somebody talks smack. You better believe the next game he was going to put it on you, and he would. Yeah, I just um, – I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then the end where they all come together and they wrote – you know, and Michael wrote a poem. And, yeah. and the way Phil Jackson had them all throw it in there thing and they burned it yeah. was, like, very symbolic of that's it. This is it. It's over. And, and you know, uh, egos aside, they didn't really have the egos – the, the management and the ownership blew that thing up. It wasn't the players, you know? Yeah. The, the whole time throughout the whole 10 episodes, you know, they kept talking about this GM saying it's Phil's last year. He goes 82-0. I kept thinking to myself, when is the owner going to stop, step in and say, I'm paying the checks. I decide when it's over. Right. I got the coach. I got the greatest player. If they want to keep going and staying together, then maybe you should go. We're going to keep keep Jordan in, in – uh, 
Phil, because I want to go for another championship. And if you don't like it, you can leave. The the irony was it looked like it was Scotty in the beginning that was going to break that, break it up, right? He didn't get his money. He was disgruntled. And at the end, he's the one that stays, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So right. uh, that, that was really strange. So, so last week, man, did you see, uh, I, I saw this on, uh, on Twitter, the Mississippi governor, did you see where the kid, um, you know how there's all the fake names through the years, right? So he's doing graduations. He's reading off kids who are graduating. Okay. And um, some senior sent in a, a phony name. No, and he, oh, my God, you got to look that up. It's just hilarious. So he's here it is, Mississippi governor. And they got him, you know, on the local TV station, the ABC station. And uh, he's going through and he's like, you know, Betty Smith, you know, whatever. And he gets there and, and he goes, Harry Azcrack. <laughs> Some kid. And he's like, it's, dude, that is legendary, you know? <laughs> That's great. And, and the way the kid sent it in and spelled it, A-Z-C-R-A-C. Harry Azcrack. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tremendous, that's, right? That's so, great. I was thinking of uh, great names in sports, you know, that uh, through the years, and um, I actually wrote something down. So, it maybe it'll jog uh, jog your mind to start thinking of some of them. But I know you'll remember this guy from uh, college football. I am hip. <laughs> I am hip. Yeah, I certainly do. Jarvis Redwine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jarvis Redwine. There you go. Yeah. How about Dick Trickle? Dick Trickle, that poor guy, man. <laughs> it was always remember ESPN, they would they would give the do their little thing on NASCAR race. And in twenty eighth place, Dick Trickle. <laughs> it was always <laughs> like that poor guy. He cut yeah, like right. oh my god, he cut so much abuse. So well, how about how about the Selman brothers? Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Louie. Well, Leroy Selman, right? It was, yeah, it was Huey, Dewey, and Leroy. Leroy, yeah. So they, they played for Oklahoma and Barry Switzer. Yeah, and then, man, they were good, too. They were very, yeah, Leroy Selman went to Tampa Bay and was awesome. He was great, yeah. Was he a defensive tackle? Uh, yeah, I believe he was, yeah. Yeah. Man. So uh, I, I looked up a couple of names. Steve Schartz was a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty cunts. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but um, how about uh, Kobe's um, mom's brother played uh, played at Roxborough High School in the seventies? Chubby Cox. Chubby <laughs> Chubby Cox, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chubby <laughs> Cox was uh, his uncle. Was Kobe's uncle? Oh. Played for the Sixers, I believe, too. Right, right. I, I, How about Penn State? Curtis Enos. Curtis they'd, Enos. Have a, they'd always have a, a sign in the, uh, the the stand saying Enos Envy. Enos, I remember that sign. Enos Envy, yeah. Well, number 39, right? Is he 39? Yeah, 39. He was yeah. he was like a linebacker with a football running. I don't know why it is. I always have to think of numbers. What do you think? Yeah. How about oh, yeah. World Be Free? Was that his real name? No, his name, real name was Lloyd Free. Oh, Lloyd, world be free. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Or how 
what's his name? Uh, Ron Artest changed his name to a world world Meta Peace. Yep. Ron Artest, and then he changed it again. They said, "Dude, how about Ron Artest and uh, the Malice at the Palace? Did you ever see that video?" Yes, I, I remember watching that game. I was at a bar and I saw it. I'm thinking, "Oh my, my God, is this really happening?" Yeah, he was like playing on the scores table. Some fan threw a water, and it, and what a great shot! It was like thirty rows up, hits him, and then he goes in the stands and beats up the wrong guy. Yeah, he went guy. right after the first one he saw. He just yeah. runs up the stands and goes right after, and it was like one guy standing by himself. And then Stephen Jackson gets involved. Remember? Yeah, there was a bunch of the uh, Pacers got involved. And, like, the guy who actually did it is, like, kind of standing off, like, six or seven feet. And he's, like, getting ready to get into it, except they went after the wrong guy. So, oh, yeah. Larry Brown was the coach of the Pistons then. So it was Pistons Pacers. And Artest was on the Pacers. Stephen Jackson was on the Pacers. I don't remember who the Pacers coach was. Um, But, uh, shoot, man. uh, uh, Rashid Wallace was on that Pistons team. Um, was he on the Pistons as well? Who? Ben, was it Ben Wallace? It was Ben Wallace, too. Rashid and Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace is who, how the fight started. Uh, Artest goes in and, and slams, um, you know, the game's like almost over, and he Artest gives a hard foul on Ben Wallace, and then he shoves Artest, and then they make their way over, and then mm-hmm. um, they're trying to break the fight up, and he just lays back. He gets shoved on the scores table and just lays down, and the fight's still going on, and then that's when the beer comes down or whatever and hits him right in the chest. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember watching that like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Yeah, oh, so yeah. that reminds me of great sports brawls all time. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that has to be one of the best ever. Well, here, here's one uh, that was very similar to it, and they also called this one that the, the malice in the palace, except it happened in the garden. It was the Bruins Rangers. Remember that one? No. Where uh, there was uh, who was in the uh, one of the guys for the Bruins who was one of their goons was in the penalty box, and some Rangers fan reaches over. Oh you know, my like, god, I remember this! And they went up in the stands, hit the, hit him in the head with a shoe, and then tried to steal a stick. And then all the Bruins, you know, the, the guy goes in the stands, and all the Bruins, Terry O'Reilly, Mike Milburn, they go in the stands and start pounding fans. <laughs> No, I mean, if you're going to fight somebody, you don't want to fight hockey players because that's all they do is fight. And they're beating the balls out of half of the stands. Do you remember the time you had, speaking of Terry O'Reilly, do you remember the time you had uh, preseason tickets to the Flyers-Bruins uh, hockey game? And you and I went. Ter- Terry O'Reilly was the coach of the Bruins, and Paul Holmgren was the coach of the Flyers. And there must have been eight to ten fights that night in a preseason hockey game. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Well, guess we go look at who the coaches were. And the coaches were – remember, they were up on the glass yelling at each other that night. Like, those two were going to fight. I'm like, this is preseason hockey. And, oh, my God, we got our money's worth that night. Like, we're Bruins Flyers, and they used to fight all the time, man. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote down a couple of, like, legendary sports brawls. Yeah. Um. For you know, here's one that you know didn't involve our towns at all, but Braves and Padres. Do you remember that one, where they kept throwing at this one Braves pitcher for brushing somebody back, and then finally a a, a fight breaks out in like the eighth or ninth inning, and then the crowd from Atlanta they start pouring onto the field and they started fighting. 
Holy crap. 1984. Look that one up. I Braves. will have to, yeah. Oh, it's I wonder who was on the Braves in 84. Was uh, my favorite, one of my favorite players all time on that team, the uh, um, Dale Murphy. I wonder if Mar- uh, Dale Murphy might have been on the Braves at that time. Yeah. I think Quinn was a young Padre, but he didn't really have much of a part of it. Uh, the guy, the pitcher who they kept throwing at this uh, kid from uh, the Braves was something Perez. Um, and for whatever reason, he kept coming up to bat as a pitcher. He must have batted four times, and he brought somebody back early in the game, and then they kept throwing at him, and then they finally got him, and then all hell broke loose. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I was thinking baseball. I was thinking of the one where uh, Pedro and Zimmer go at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, started something else, but then uh, Zimmer went right after Pedro, and he's, like, falling down anyway. Pedro just kind of grabbed his head and – Guided him to the ground. The amazing thing is, you know, Zimmer, ex-Red Sox manager, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Next day, saying that he disgraced himself and the Yankees and all this other stuff. Oh, did he? But, yeah. Oh, I didn't but know that. that. You should probably remember, 87 playoffs before the game started. Flyers-Canadians. Oh, remember my that? God. Yeah, I do remember that. It was like, uh, I, I remember that. That was a great year for the Flyers, too. Claude Lemieux was like shooting the puck into the Flyers net before the game. Yep. Or, and they or, said and, not tonight, remember? And what's that? And the Flyers said not tonight. That's not happening. And it was like Chico Rest was like the second or third string goalie. He's like, he's out there blocking them. And then dudes started coming out of the locker and they started fighting. It was awesome. It was great. Do you, I think it was like, uh, God, I want to try and remember the year. It was like the Eagles Falcons had a pregame brawl. You remember that? It was no, a, I don't remember. Yeah, it was a Monday night football game. And um, somebody had gotten traded from the Eagles and was now on the Falcons. Like, was it Ike Reese maybe or something like that? And um, they start a brawl. It's like I think it was like three guys got kicked out of the game and the Eagles lost a, a linebacker. God, you know, I can't remember who was on there. But that was a big brawl. What year was that? Do you remember? I know it was during the Andy Reid times. Okay. Yeah, and it was a Monday Night Football game, Falcons, Eagles. Um, but it was definitely during the Andy Reid times. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, do, you, do you remember when John Cheney went after John Calipari? Oh, my God, in the post-game press conference. That was hilarious. He was UMass then, right? Calipari was at UMass. UMass, and he was kind of dethroning Temple as the kings of the Atlantic 10, and uh, Cheney wasn't having any of that, man. And he went after him. Yeah, he's uh he was an interesting one, Cheney. Oh boy, yeah, he was he was all Philadelphia there, that guy. Yeah, he was all Philly. Uh, so uh speaking of fights, who are some of the and, and and you mentioned one of my great sports villains of all time was Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux, yeah, he was one of mine too. Oh my god. And then there was a guy guy played for the Capitals, Dale Hunter. Remember Dale Hunter? He's just such a little prick. Who was the guy on the Devils? Stevenson? Uh, Stevens. 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 The guy who nailed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lindros. He did, yeah. When Lindros had just come back. And the fly that took, that hit. The Flyers had all the momentum in that series. That hit changed the series. And then the Devils went on and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, my number one villain, big surprise, Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer. What a prick. I hated that fucking guy. I think everybody did. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. I hated him. I mean, oh, yeah. you know what's funny? You could think of a couple local local guys that were sports villains. And, you know, Bobby Clark was a villain. He was just so hated. Dave Schultz. These guys were hated outside of Philadelphia. We oh, love yeah. them here. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's guys like that who, if they're on your team, you love them. And I got one here for the Celtics, and it hurt to write it down. But, like, I, I talked to Johnny Colbridge, who's a big Sixer fan. Whenever this comes up, he hates this guy. ML Carr. ML Carr with the towel. <laughs> I loved him. He was on the rest of the Celtics. I loved him. But, I mean, the Sixer fans hated him. Hated oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, get on Golden State now to so Tyron Green or whatever. He's on oh, Golden State. Green. Uh, the, uh, the, the forward? Forward, yeah. From Michigan State. Michigan State. Charles Barkley and him are always going back. Oh, yeah. Tyron, well, he I talks. Mean, talks a lot of smack. Talks a lot of smack. But he's, he's one of those guys who does the dirty work. You know? He does. He's like today's Rodman, you know? He is. He is, and I got Rodman down as a bad guy, too. But, I mean, he does the dirty work. He does all the stuff that no one else wants to do. Rebound, block out, D up. If you got to go on the ground and get that loose ball, he does it. And each, each great team has someone like that. I got uh, I got two more uh, Philadelphia people, Philadelphia connected. Andre Waters. Oh, Dirty Waters. <laughs> dirty oh. Waters. I freaking love that guy. But man, did he get the cheap shot? He could. He would never. He'd be kicked out of the league today for the stuff oh. he did. How about Dan Deardorff? <laughs> he hated him. Oh, he did. And Deardorff was a dirty fucker himself. He was a dude. Yeah, he was on the Cardinals with that Conrad Dobler, the two of them. Oh yeah, Dobler. Remember, Dobler had that cast for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. And then, of course, I have to have you know, you got to have the Cowboys connection, Michael Irving. Oh. Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, fuck both of them. How about them Cowboys? Oh my God, yeah. How about how about the entire? Hey, wait. How about the inverse to that? Buddy Ryan was a sports villain. Uh, he was. He was. He's loved in Philly, though. He is, yeah. Loved in Philly. Hey, I... here's a here's one like that. Today's players. That's a total villain. I think he's still in the league. Last I remember, I think he was. With the Rams on uh, Mgonakin Sue. Oh, so he's a good ball player. He does a great he, ball player. Nebraska, right? Nebraska. I don't know why he's such a dirty player. He's dominant and he, he's just, uh, he must just be a dick or something. He's just he, got a temper. He has just got a, he's a great ball player, but he does some dirty shit. Yeah. No, he doesn't. How about Ron Heller from the Eagles? Ron Heller. I don't remember Ron Heller. Ron Heller was a lineman, and he played in the Buddy Ryan era. And if you were standing around a pile right around the whistle, man, you were getting drilled. <laughs> Runyon did that shit. Runyon was like Runyon. a downfield guy that would just always take the extra block, remember? Yep, always kind of like give you that extra nudge. Him and him and uh, Strahan were always going at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So how about villains, how about villains in movies? Oh, Okay. You mean somebody like Goldfinger and uh, James Bond? No, I mean the actor, guy played. Oh, guy. Oh, okay. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you like from the eighties, James Spader, who was. <laughs> remember, he was the dick 
in Less Than Zero and Pretty in Pink, where he's like, why are you with that girl? He's just always played an asshole. How about James Woods? He always kind of plays an asshole, too. He does, and I love I love James Woods. He's a yeah. Menza member. Um, but you're right. Anthony Hopkins plays a great villain when he was uh, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, man. That's a good one. How about uh, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber? Hans Gruber, I got that. And he, I know his name. Hans. And and he was also uh, Snape in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, about- uh, here's here's my favorite uh, villain was the guy that was the the dude in the Warriors, right? He's like Warriors come out and play with the bottles at he the act- end. He was remember Forty Eight Hours. He was Luther in Forty Eight Hours. He was. He played Luther in both yeah. movies, and then he was like uh, in Commando. He was he was, a, he was a dick in commando. He was too. Solly. What happened to Solly? I had to let him go. Right. Exactly. Held him up with his feet. Here's a guy. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, what, his name is Richard Keel. He played Jaws in Bond, and he also was in the. Uh, oh yeah. The big giant guy. Yes, and he was in the the golf movie with uh, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. I said, yeah. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't he hear had it. A big yeah. needle in his head or something. <laughs> oh my god yeah he was that's a or good one here, here's one and i can't think of a guy's name but he was always kind of a, a preppy prick but the guy who was the uh cobra kai sensei oh my god and that's he a was good in one a lot of 80s movies where he was kind of a jerk yep i can't think of uh zapka william zapka yeah he um and he, if you sit, ever watch it, YouTube did the Cobra Kai. They did it, but the Karate Kid. He was the bad guy in Cobra Kai, yeah. right? The blonde haired yeah. kid. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, William Zapka. So it's great. There used to be uh, How I Met Your Mother, that uh, show on TV, and and he did a few guest appearances as himself because uh, you know whatever character Doogie Howser played on right. that show, he loved. That was like his favorite person. Was uh, William Zabka? Okay. Thought he, he's actually a good guy. That's what he oh, always used really? to say. Here's another actor, and I can't think of his name, but he always kind of plays a bad guy, and he's a great bad guy. If you've ever seen the the movie Inglorious Bastards, he was the Nazi in that. You know what I'm talking? No. You ever seen no. that movie with Brad Pitt? No, oh, I have that's not. A good one. He was also in. Um, he was in the movie with Jamie Foxx, the cowboy movie, uh, J- Django and Chains. You ever see that movie? I didn't see that oh, one either. Norman, Norman. I know. Uh, and I'm a movie yeah, buff, guy, but, and I haven't seen this. He's actually a good guy in that one, but uh, uh, most of the time he's a bad guy, and he's a great bad guy. Oh, did you ever see uh, Bad Bosses 2? Horrible Bosses. Right? Horrible Bosses, horrible Bosses. You ever see yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I saw that. The second one, the guy who rips them off in the beginning, who buys their thing and then says, Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to buy it after all. Yes, yes. Okay. I can't think of the actor's name, but he always plays, and he's, he's a great bad guy. I got to check that out. The, uh, uh, the Django Unchained or whatever the heck that's called. I want to see that movie. Good movie. Yeah. 
Gotta check that out. So uh, Friday night, I'm watching uh, Miracle was on. Yeah, I was watching. You know, were you watching it? That's freaking awesome, man. It's like it just it just makes me go back um, to. I mean, it was crazy times and yeah. how he drove those kids. I mean, my God, he just he made it all about the kids. Yeah, and then um, you know what he did for what was the one kid's name? Uh, oh. oh Callahan or whatever the hell his name oh, was. Oh, the kid from Boston who was the fighter. Jack O'Callaghan. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, he gets hurt. Yeah. Right before the and, – and he keeps him on the team instead of replacing the spot. And, and it's how, like, the politics of the whole Olympic thing. And he was like, after day one, I, I got my team. He had researched these players and who he wanted and the reasons why he wanted them and, and how he got the best out of every player. And just awesome, man. I don't know if you have the Big Ten Network. I, I do, but uh, they'll do, do like elite teams throughout the years. And one time they did one on the 1979 Minnesota Gopher hockey team. And Herb uh, Brooks was their coach. And so they go through the, uh, you know, the tournament. And a lot of the teams that they played had guys who ended up on the Olympic team. Like right. Morrow played for Bowling Green. Uh, uh, Ralph Cox played for New Hampshire. And a lot of these dudes who ended up on our team, they played. So he did know them. He did know what they could do. Yeah, which was amazing, right? Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And then, and you know, like Jim Craig, you know, it's like in the beginning of the movie, they're talking about the one guy's not there because he's not there for the tryouts because he, uh, $100,000 or $30,000, he got his $30,000 signing bonus, so he's not there. Huh. And, and, uh, you know, and Jim Craig says at that time, you know, uh, he was thinking about it. And then remember him and her, Brooks, have that conversation and, uh, you know, is, wanted to know if his heart was in it because he hadn't felt taken that test he had. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, and it was like, you know, he was doing it for his mother. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing there was about, uh, you know, he, he could have gone pro at that point. I didn't know that. He, he could have been pro, but he, he just wanted to play for that Olympic team for his mother. Yeah. yeah. So I got a great Jim Craig story. So uh, you remember Reed's in Center Square, right on yep. 73 there? Yeah. So one night, um, we're, uh, there were, I used to be like the biggest Howard Stern fan. I think he's a total ass now, but I'm a big Howard Stern fan. And he had this guy on the show called Crackhead Bob, right? And mm -hmm. so Crackhead Bob is doing an appearance at Reed's in center square. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over. So Sue goes with me. She's like, I can't believe we're doing this. And, you know, back then there were no phones, right? No cell phones, stuff like that. And um, so there was a line, Jimmy, that went down around out the door and down the street. Well, I just came in there. I knew the people at Reed's. I got in there. I'm hanging out at the bar and everything. But I'm like, at the end of the night, I'm getting my picture taken for a Polaroid for $5 with crackhead Bob. Right. <laughs> So the the line is out the door and around for you know to get your picture taken with crackhead Bob to meet this guy. This guy's like a tatted up uh guy that can't even talk right, right? And um over at a table doing this thing for a whiskey company, sitting there all by himself is Jim Craig. Jimmy yeah. nobody's there. Nobody's there. He's sitting at a table doing an appearance by himself. Sue and I go over, we feel bad. Like, okay, this is fucking Jim Craig. There's a guy, a derelict, a crackhead, 
that has a line out the door and around the corner. And here's Jim Craig, the Olympic 1980 Olympic goaltender. And no one is saying, Sue and I stood there and talked to him for about 15 minutes. And, um, you know, we, we got a, he autographed a, a picture for Sue and everything. Cause she was like in love with him back in the 80 Olympics, you know, her, him and, uh, Aruzioni, um, her and her friends love both of them. And, it was just funny. It was just, it was really cool to just hang out and talk with the guy. And just all I did was thank him, you know, for what it meant to me, you know, uh, yeah. but, but I was like, this poor guy is sitting there by himself. Like he gives a shit about me feeling bad for him. I actually follow him on LinkedIn and I follow, uh, well, uh, I follow Murphy, Dale Murphy too. Two good follows on LinkedIn. Um, they, you know, and by the way, you put out a lot of good inspirational stuff yourself. Um, but those two guys, if you can look them up, they're good follows, man, on uh, LinkedIn. So he was scheduled to be there, and no one wanted to see him. It wasn't even uh, it wasn't even outside that he was going to be there. It was so just the whole thing was Craig Craig Baba. Yeah, some liquor company had him there doing an appearance. Jim Craig. Jim Craig, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wish I was there that night. I would have loved to talk to him for a while. I would have just sat with him and had beers and talked to him. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't drinking. He was just, just sitting there at a table by himself. Literally by himself. It was a Thursday night. So. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'd have loved to sit and talk to him. Yeah, that I can't believe it's 40 years. That's, that's all I kept thinking about. Was thinking, How about it? You know, here we were probably in, I don't know, ninth grade? Probably ninth grade at the time? And I'm like, 40 years, Jesus. I, I remember when it all happened. Like, oh, my God, this is going way too fast, man. Yep. Yep. Good good move. Good game. It was good to see those guys get together. Aruziona, Craig, and I think they had Johnson on there. It was yep. awesome. It was really awesome. That's good stuff, yeah. So what are you looking most forward to post-COVID? Uh, getting getting together with everybody. I'm really hoping that uh, it's kind of lifted by the end of June, beginning of July, and having our Christmas in July and seeing everybody. That's oh, man. Everybody. I was thinking about that, too. It's nice to talk to everybody like us, you know, doing this uh, and talking to people on the phone and texting. But, I mean, like last night, I mean, I got together with a few people. It was great to see people. I mean, that's, I guess, the biggest thing. Uh, you know, then probably some sporting events, um, but getting together with everybody and, you know, you know, maybe by episode seven or eight, me and you can actually be in the same room and do this damn thing, you know? Yeah. Well, very soon we can, right. We could start to do Saturdays out back. Like I did with those guys, you know, you know, when the, I guess that was our last episode. Hey, have you, uh, uh, have you, I mean, we've got, we're up to 38 listeners now. (laughs) I, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> What's that? I said it wasn't me this time. Last time I listened to it 24 times. No, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome, though, that we got 38 listeners. Um, and we even had a listener from Germany. All right. Yeah. Asino, baby. Yeah, I don't know any German, right? But uh... I'm going to have to start drinking German beer. You know, maybe we'll <laughs> There we go. So, hey, who knows, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. cool, you know. So um, the more we get some uh, guests on here, maybe we'll get, they'll tell people to go listen to it. Hey, I was on this podcast, you know, hey, yeah. get more listeners. So, cool. Well, what are you looking forward most to 
when the, the COVID ends? Uh, this is strange, man. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to being at a live sporting event again where you're freaking high-fiving a stranger, you know, and yeah. just just living life like we used to live. And I'm just like, I just, and you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen again, but that's what I'm most looking forward to. Is, uh, I, I hope it happens again, and I think people, when it does come back, will appreciate that more. You know, yeah, I think so too. You know, getting together and you know, cheering for your team with a like you said, a stranger, and you know, just all of a sudden striking up a conversation because your team is doing well or whatever. Right, watching a you know, being over at the pizza pub and and uh, watching a, a Flyers playoff game, and and we're just high fiving everybody around us as we're sitting there having a couple of beers. Because that's the kind of place you want to go to for a Flyers playoff game, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, just getting together with people, you know? Yeah. You know, with this distancing. You know, like we said in one of the earlier episodes, thank God this didn't happen when we were young because we didn't have computers and all of this technology. We would have been, you know, jumping out the windows and, uh, you know, meeting up somewhere secretly and having beers and getting into some shenanigans, uh, you know, getting in trouble, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, you know, Luke's buddy just turned 16. I just literally dropped him off at a party. Uh, actually, T, Tony, who was on our last episode, his uh, his kid just turned 16 yesterday. So they're having a party tonight out by the fire. They, You know, they got their bring your own chair and they're all sitting around a bonfire and cool. just get together as kids. Good, good. I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what are you doing? Uh, well, what are you doing the rest of this weekend? Uh, probably, probably a whole lot of nothing, you know, probably working on, you know, yard work as usual. I probably have the yeah. flowers in my, uh, flower bed that I've ever had and will ever have in my life. Christ almighty. I gotta just fill it up with things to do. So bring, uh, Colbridge on here sometime. Yeah, we could get him. He's down, actually down ashore, uh, right now, but, uh, yeah, we'll get him on. Maybe we'll get yeah. you on and, you know, maybe we can. Did you tell your brother about it? I did tell him about it. I can't get a straight answer out of that guy. I sort of talked to him about it, and he had a few questions, and then, of course, he changed the subject, and he was on to his next subject. So who the hell knows? Is he working right now? Uh, no, not too much because yeah. no, I, I, they're, they're doing takeout. They're doing takeout, I assume, yeah. Well, they approve takeout drinks, but, I mean, how how many bartenders do you need to make out takeout drinks? So. Right. No, it's not like a crowded bar, so I'm sure he's he's itching to get back and seeing everybody and you know getting back there as close to normal as possible as well. I, I did he say they're doing anything for the bar for when they do reopen? Like, no, no, they're, they're uh, no, they. Yeah, I think everybody is at the mercy of the governor and the local government, and I'm sure once they give that AOK and they say okay, next week we're going to do it, then they'll start that plan. Right. So. be interesting it's it's weird you know you get in that mindset at times and you're just like uh you know you just you want the old life back and you know that's going to be a slow comeback you know yeah, yeah. But, you want it all in one big gulp but it's not going to happen it'll probably yeah. happen until later in the summer all right man all righty all right we did a good one it's about 50 something so yeah Until next week, think of some topics, send me some ideas, and uh, we'll try and get a guest on here for the next episode. Sounds good. All right, man. All right, I'm going to talk to you about it.